unto you. God, you are worthy of all of our praise. You are more than worthy of our feeble attempts trying to thank you for all the many blessings you give us every day. I pray, Father, today that your life changes. Now, we may not feel the best in the world. We, as I've heard so many say today, we're just ready for some 80 degrees, some sunshine, but God, we know that in your presence, the S-O-N shines all the time. I pray that the beams of the light, the good news of Jesus Christ, go forth in this place today that we would realize that all the depression and all of, uh, Lord, the troubles and trials we read about and hear about every day, there's hope. And that hope is only found in you. May we find that. May we experience that today. Speak to us like never before. Lord, we had a great day last Sunday, Sunday before, but Today is a new day. Lord, no matter what the future may hold, may we know who holds it, and may we go in the courage and the faith of knowing that you're God and you're in control. May your will be done today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't know about you, I'm glad to be here. Of course, the way I felt, I'm glad to be anywhere. And uh, let me say, this past week, so many have been so encouraging, called to text, check on me, and I, I sincerely appreciate that. We are feeling some better. I'm just glad to be back among God's people. Amen. And uh, I appreciate all that's being done and has been done. I appreciate Brother Edward filling in Wednesday night. And I went ahead and I don't know how much air I'll have left, so Brother Chad's going to take care of it tonight. So that'll be a great blessing to hear tonight when we come back. If you're visiting with us, you are our special guest. And I mean that. We want you to make yourself at home among God's uh, children. And uh, if you're a brother and sister in Christ, sing along with us. Worship with us. If you do not have a church home, I can assure you, not just as a pastor, but as a husband and a father, there's no place I'd rather my family be than at Eastside Baptist Church. God is doing a great work. We look forward to the future. We have a special gift at the back. If you've not already received one, our ushers, our greeters, will make sure you get that special gift before you leave this morning. Before I forget, so that I don't get in trouble, uh, Miss Dean Drake will be at the back after the service. We have a tremendous ministry with our senior adults called Young at Heart. And uh, they're going to be, look, if for no other reason you ought to want to make a senior adult status is they eat really, really good. When they get together, they don't cook out hot dogs and hamburgers. They're having a low country bowl, uh, I think the 12th. Uh, is that right? And so uh, they'll be uh, taking down names and money for that uh, after the service. So don't forget that. But let's just enjoy the Lord today. The baby. Oh, that's right. I saw the baby. 
Uh, Andrew Brooke. There we are. Stand and introduce us.
songs like Our God is Greater, Our God is Stronger, that um, the God of angel armies is on our side, that I know who goes before me and I know who stands behind. Um, when we know that truth, it seems like it should be easy to um, have an active faith, to have a faith that's lived out um, every day. Um, but so many, so many times, um, we talked about a Sunday school this morning, or what I got out of Sunday school this morning was um, uh, just how self-focused we can be so many times when it comes about the church and when it comes to serving, it's what can I do or how can this benefit me uh, when it should be about how can it benefit the body or what's it, what's it telling the lost? Um, you know, it's, when, when we come to Christ, uh, it's all about Christ. Um, and the rest kind of falls into place. Um, but so many times the flesh swells up in us and we want um, our way. And therefore, when we uh, look at our actions, uh, we don't quote unquote see a faith that shows Jesus. Um, and so uh, this next song, uh, I didn't, it didn't hit me until this morning. I had already kicked it out Wednesday. Um, but I think Brother Matt's going to talk about an act of faith unless he changes mind sometime during the week. Uh, I know he was sick, so it could have happened. But, um, it's, uh, the, the, the bridge of the song says, shine your light and let the whole world see. And we're singing for the glory of a risen king. So that's what it's all about. As, as, a, as a Christian, as a believer in Christ, as a person who seeks to love and follow Christ daily, that's what it's all about. It's all about putting Jesus first, yourself down, humbling yourself, and just shining that light so that people can see Jesus and see what Jesus is all about. Um, that Jesus is that, like the second verse of the song says, take me as you find me, all my fears and failures, fill my life again. I give my life to follow everything I believe in. Now I surrender. So it's about a God who takes us where we're at. All our fears, no problem. All our failures, no problem. His love is greater. He's stronger. He goes before us. Um, so let's just, uh, as we head into worship through uh, the word and uh, through giving of our tithes and offerings later after this song, um, that, you know, let's just do it all for the glory of God. Let's shine our light so that the world can see the glory of our living King.
you have any testimonies of the Lord's faithfulness in your life? You do? God's been good to you, hasn't he? Some of the things were not very pleasant when you went through them. Would that be fair to say? But looking back, it was worth it. To bring you to where you're at today. Now, I do not want to play on your sympathy. I don't mean it that way. But it's not been a fun week. Uh, being sick is never fun. When I left here Sunday, I, I was like, wow. I didn't even know if I'd finished the message, where I'd been. Went straight home, went to bed. And uh, Monday morning, Nancy woke me up and she said, you're going to the doctor. And uh, sent me to the doctor. Several shots and prescriptions and things later. Uh, time began to click through. And so, just like on any other day, uh, I went to bed, I don't know, about 12, 12.30, Monday night. I finally turned the TV off at 2.30. I said, I'm going to try to go to sleep. I feel like maybe I'm getting a little sleepy. And from 2.30 till 6 a.m., I was wide awake. Wide awake. And during that time, I prayed for you. I went down the road. I went down the beach road. I pictured your face. I prayed for you. Deacons, I called every one of you by name. I prayed for you. Sunday school teachers. I prayed for you. I prayed for all my preacher buddies. I prayed for their churches. And look, when, when you're just laying there and there's nothing to watch, and nothing, you, you really start praying. It would be amazing what we could do if we just turn the TV and radio and all our activities off in just a little bit. But as I began to pray and I began to commune with God, I didn't, know, I didn't realize I was sick. I, I wasn't thinking about feeling bad. I really wasn't even thinking about not sleeping. I was... Just enjoying being in the presence of our Heavenly Father. Last time I remember, I rolled over looking at the clock about 5.34. And uh, went to sleep somewhere around 6. Woke up at 8 o'clock. And I don't even do that if I went to bed at 10. I woke up at 8 o'clock. But when I got up, during that time, God had laid this message just as clear precise on my heart. And I've been waiting since 8 o'clock Tuesday morning to bring this word from God. Now it's no more important than the word last week or the word we'll need next week. Matt, I can assure you, God's not changed my heart. I want to talk about an act of faith. My preaching professor was here today. He would probably want to tear up my degree for how this message unfolds because it's not the most homiletically designed with illustrations, purations, and all that kind of jazz that they do. But it's just the Word of God, and I want us to see what God has to say about an act of faith. Matthew 25. Matthew 25. As you're turning, will you 
Will you pray with me that God can speak to us this morning? I didn't hear you about that. I mean, I'm serious now. I'm, I'm talking about not, look, whether I make it through this message or not, will you pray that God would clearly, and because He's not the author of confusion, He doesn't mess with us, He doesn't toy with us, so it's all about our willingness to be open to His Word. Will we pray that we would hear from God today? Yeah. All right, then be ready. Buckle up and hold on. You know what active faith is? I hear people all the time say, I got faith. You ever put a dollar or an ounce about 250 in a Coke machine somewhere and you're just, you feel like you're going to thirst? You know, that you're just not going to make it. And there's the wonderful Coke machine. And you put your money in it. Hit the button. Nothing happens. You had faith in that Coke machine. You put your money in that Coke machine. That Coke machine lets you down. Anybody ever been let down? Remember the old vehicles that had manual brakes? All you have to do is just have one bad wheel cylinder and you'd go mash the brakes and you could pump it all you want. It wasn't going to stop. You had faith. You might have looked like Fred Flintstone when you foot out the door trying to stop it. But it lets you down. You see, your faith is only as strong as what you put in. You hear People ever let you down? I would imagine I'm not being cute. If I ask you to raise your hands if I ever let you down, many of you would say it. I felt like the message didn't feed me. I felt like he was short with me. I felt like this or that, and the church didn't go the way we were supposed to. I'm sure I've let you down. I know some right over there that could absolutely and unequivocally say, yeah, you've let me down. But has God ever let you down? So where's our faith? And is it enough just to say, I have faith? You see, real, true, active faith will be faithfulness. There's a difference. There's a difference in faith and faithfulness. Brother Philip and Brother Chad taught us in small groups a few months ago from the book of James. And real, true, active faith will be displayed in faithfulness. In doing and being what God wants us to be. Now sometimes we need to focus on the truth that God's more concerned about what He does in us than He does through us. But see, we get to the point we want to use that as an excuse not to do anything. God's called us to be faithful. Amen. Right? When God called Abram or Abraham up on that mountain with His Son, his only son, the son of promise. Was God more worried about the sacrifice of Isaac? Or was he worried, or not worried, but was he more focused on the active faith and the sacrifice of Abraham? Today, I want us to see what real active faith looks like. Ask yourself, what do I believe? What do I believe? It's amazing to me how much false doctrine is 
spewed all over the social media uh, pages. And that's went from within the church. The stuff that we follow and we quote people. And we don't have a clue that it's bad doctrine. That it's a lie. It's not true. You ever heard anybody tell, talk about somebody who died? Got their angel wings? That they're flying around in heaven? We don't become angels. That's demeaning to a saint of God. Saint, saints, listen to me. I know it's cute and all that. But the truth is, Jesus didn't die for a single angel. He died for you. Because you have a soul. You say it's not important. Yes, it is. Or God would have said it differently. It's important to know what's right and what is true. We're not divine. We're not God. We're not going to be God. That's Mormon theology. We are children of the Most High God. That Jesus paid the price for. We need an added faith, but we need to know what do I believe? Do I believe in all this worship business? Do I really, really, really in, in my heart of hearts believe God can move my mountains? That song just spoke to me. I've heard it thousands of times. It spoke to me this morning. My Savior can move my mountains. And He is what? Well, that was weak. For one who died for the sins of the world, that was weak. He is mighty to say if ISIS can fly flags and kill Christians and we know they're already a defeated foe, not based on what our government's doing, but because who Jesus is, we ought to be able to raise the standard and shout from the mountaintops, our Savior is mighty to save. Amen. Can you tell how you've been out of the house this week? I'm here to tell you, church, it's basically a little uncomfortable for all of us. Because if we're going to be the church, then there's got to be an active faith. We can't just come in here and do this every week and not do anything any other time. We can't come and just expect lost people to show up. Now, do you remember, and believe it or not, I actually remember some things about the message last week because God preached it in my heart all week. I challenge you to bring lost people to church. And God all week said, how many do you bring? And so I had to get on my face before God and said, bring me back to the place that my heart breaks for the things that breaks yours. That I will see and meet and greet and invite lost people to the house of God. Because I still believe that the preaching of the gospel. Not the parachurch ministries. Not all the other good things. But it is the preaching, the proclamation of the good news of Jesus Christ. That penetrates hearts through the Holy Spirit's convincing and convicting people are saved. That's God's work. I will be found faithful. So number one, I want you to look with me. And I'm just going to skim through these three parables in Matthew 25. We start with the parable of the ten virgins. And we see an active faith 
with our feet. Faith with our feet. The Bible tells us that we ought to have our feet prepared with what? Shod or put on with the what? Preparation of the gospel. Is that part of the whole armor of God in Ephesians 6? We like to talk about the fancy stuff. You know, the breastplates and the helmets. People like me and Philip, we're shoe hounds. We like that point. Hey, we need more socks today. I was impressed. It's cold and dreary for Philip Weaver's best socks. Thank you for letting me pick at you. I'll be honest with you, I'm jealous because he's got the best shoe collection there is. <laughs> shoe collection. But here's another thing. I just, I just quoted them because they're prepared. They prepared their feet. Chad, Philip, other Sunday school teachers, small group leaders. They, their feet are beautiful, the Bible says, because they carry the gospel. I tell people all the time, I got beautiful feet. They say, nobody's feet. I might as beautiful. The Bible tells me so. And what we've got to do is understand that faith is not just about speaking words. It's about going with our feet. Faith with our feet. Look in verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Can I tell y'all a secret? Everybody likes a secret. Can't see. Jesus is coming back. Amen. Sad thing is, it, it is kind of like a secret because nobody's telling me I have begin to hear more stirrings from pulpits. I've heard more people ask the question, do you think it's getting closer to time? Well, I don't mean to sound brilliant, but every day means we're closer. That's just, I'm not real bright, but that's logical. But I do believe it's closer than ever before in the, the truest sense of that. Look at what the world is in. But I, I, I don't want you to see. I, I want you to remember who is mighty to save. Well, let's think. Let's believe. Have your faith. You believe Jesus is coming back? Amen. Or all this a waste of time? This was just our little version of our own home talent show this morning. If it's not about Jesus is coming soon, maybe morning, night, noon. Very sad next verse for that song. You know what it says? Many will meet their doom. Something so sad. You see, here in this parable, the ten virgins took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. You know what we do? We sit in our recliners, we sit in our pews, we sit in our, our comfortable chairs inside. We complain about how hot it is, how cold it is, music's too loud, it's not our kind of music, message is too long. I've never been accused of one being too short. But we complain and we sit here and we say, bless me if you can. But you see, when they heard that the bridegroom was coming, they got up and they went. Imagine the vast lostness of your name. 
don't care where you were raised. Where you're at is where God has placed you. And if you're not supposed to be here, go where God's called you. But understand wherever you're there, be all there. And tell the world Jesus saves. Don't wait at home and think the lost people are going to just come. Church, we've got to have faith with our feet. We've got to go. You see, they were prepared and purposeful. They were prepared. They took their lamps and went forth. I've told some of you the story. It's kind of embarrassing. But you would expect no less from me. In my first pastorate, we were taking the youth to the mountains for the Smoky Mountain Youth Winter Retreat. Still love those things. Love to watch the youth pastors chase all them youth. Well, I sit and drink coffee. But I was not watching. I was leading the team. And so we got everything ready. And we had our usual routine of how we took everything out. And you've heard the story. And somehow I, or some, anyway, my suitcase ended up going out a different door of the house. And so we didn't realize that until we pulled up in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Everybody had all their stuff but me. I was like, where's my suitcase? And the more I thought, I said, I know exactly where it's at. It's where I put it. On the front porch. In Douglasville. Three and a half hours away. I didn't even have a pair of socks now. And it's cold. And doing what any good God-fearing man would do, aside from handing my wife a credit card and telling her to go to Walmart, I called my mama. <laughs> in four and a half hours, my mama pulled up in that hotel. Because it just gave her a good excuse to tell her her husband, I want to go to the mountains. <laughs> and blame it on me. But you see, I got there and I was unprepared. There's an old hymn that says, Shall I go in and empty hand? When we get to glory and the Lord, we start spouting off on all of our accomplishments. Will the Lord look at us and say, yeah, but you never win? Yeah, but I, I, I was going to, when the kids got a little older, I was going to start taking them to Sunday school. Man, I've heard that. When we, when we get, under, get our feet under us a little bit, or we're, we're, and, and financially we pay off some of our bills, then we'll start tithing. When, when we get to a place, when we get our settled in our jobs, and we get our house that we want to build, we get all that, then we'll start working in the church. You see, only five of these virgins were found faithful. They all went, but all were not prepared because they did not see the purpose. They said, oh, you know, well, whatever, you know, we'll take a little. But they didn't understand. 
See, some of us, we can get all excited during a revival. We can get excited during a good message. We can get excited during a song. And what if the Lord doesn't come back next month or next year? What if it's 20 years? Will we still be found faithful? Because, see, some of these virgins, they thought, well, they'll be automatic. He'll be here. You know, we get there. Shouldn't take long. We won't put God on the clock. Well, they put the bridegroom on the clock. And when he didn't get there, they came. They said, hey, man, we're running out of oil. Can you get me? They said, no, that's your problem. And the truth is, you can try to blame everybody else. You can blame the preacher. You can blame the deacons. I ain't going back to that church. They make me mad. They're a hypocrite. I'm going to tell you something. If you ever stop coming to church, I can't preach to you about it because you're here. But if you ever do stop coming to church and you blame it, on all the hypocrites in the church, just realize they're a church you're not that makes them closer to God than you. <clears throat> Works in my mind. Faith to go with our feet. We ought to be purposeful. What, what are you going to do this week for the Lord? Can you make a list? It don't have to be a long list, but what are you going to do for the Lord this week? Will I be a good father? What does that even mean? That means just go, go to work, don't get fired? Or does it mean I'll pray for my wife and my kids? I'll pray for my husband and my kids. I'll pray for my pastor. I'll pray for my church. I'll pray for my country. I'll pray for the church. I'll pray for the Lord. What does it mean to have purpose? Look, the greatest selling Christian book besides the Bible the last hundred years was a purpose-driven life. Why? Because people want to know they have a purpose. Well, I got news for you. God's got a purpose in your life. I don't know exactly what it is for all of you, but I do know two prongs of it. To tell off people Jesus saved and to disciple them when they do. That's the Great Commission. You don't have to ask. God's called you. Are you saved? Then you're a witness. You may be a bad witness. You may be a good witness. But you are a witness. Because God lives in you. And he who is within us is going to come out. Faith to go with our feet. Faith to do. Notice in the latter part. And they went forth to meet the bridegroom. Faith with our feet to do. It's one thing to go. It's another thing to do. A lot of people like to go. I like to go. I, I like to go to places. I like to do that. But when I go, I want to do something. I want to, that's why I've never been on a cruise. Because I've, I've not seen a cruise ship yet at an 18 home golf. Because if I go on a trip, I'll play golf. I played in Jamaica on mission trips. I played, I played in Bahamas. Wherever I go, I, I want to play golf. I want to see something different. I want to do something. I want to be active. I want to be a part. I don't want to just stand around. If I go on a mission trip, I don't want to just sit in the kitchen somewhere. I want to go tell somebody lost that Jesus saved. What is it about our life that declares that we have faith with our feet to do? Look, it's in the what. Do what God called us to do. When God tells us to do it, and where God tells us to do it. God's placed East Eastside Baptist Church where? Here. So we know where the here is, right? You're still alive, aren't you? Yes. Then we know when the when is, don't we? And then we know what? 
to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Faith with our feet to go and to do. And we know the end of this parable was five missed the bridegroom because they were not where they should have been doing what they should have been doing because they were not prepared in their purpose. But then as we move to the second parable, we find faith. You ready for this? Faith with our finances. I'd come up with this, but it doesn't matter. This is very powerful. Tithing is trusting God can do more with the 90% remaining than you can do with all 100. Amen. He said, try it. Test it. See, the problem with us, we done locked the window and drove nails in it and put bars over it because we don't want God to open that window of heaven and pour out a blessing upon us because we just don't have active faith. He said in verse 14, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country called his own servants, delivered unto them his goods. This is along this parable in the gospel of man. So it says something to us. Expression. Under one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according to his ability, and straightway he took his journey. And he that received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them another five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained another two. You know what faithful our finances is? It's not just loosening up and being faithful in our tithes when the offering plate comes around. It is literally having a profitable faith. That our faith is as a little boy who says, when he overhears Jesus and his disciples talking about the multitudes of people, he says, and he doesn't say it like this. This is what we say. Lord, I don't have these two little fish five loaves of bread. That's all I got. It's not the way. I, I don't picture that little boy saying it that way. The way I picture that boy is, Jesus, look what I got. You can use all of it. I got five whole loaves of bread and two big old fish. His faith that childlike faith of believing that Jesus could do exactly what he did. Do y'all get that? So we take this pitiful little bit that we see as meager and we trust God with it. We say, all I've got is a little meal in the barrel. What I've got is yours. And we realize God can carry us all the days of the famine. Because we've been found faithful. Church is a profitable faith. It's not about money. Get that out of your mind. It is not about money. God's economy is not like man's economy. It's 
not based on GDP and interest rates and all that, because you've got to understand the man who has it all, or in this case, God, because there is no man that has it all. There's some that think they do. But the God who has it all is not subject to the financial constraints of this little world. The Bible says he owns cattle on a thousand hills. God ever took you on nine and made it about 270%? Well, he has a man. God's done some very amazing things. It, it's profitable faith. They took what their master gave them and they went and invested it and brought in a hundredfold. It's a hundred percent game, right? Is that not a hundred percent? Five in, ten out. Is that not a hundred percent? For every one they invested, they got one back. Two put in, two come out. That's profitable faith. Look, God, God will bless us if we'll just be found faithful. It's a pleasing faith. He said in verse 21, His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. What God's calling you to do may seem insignificant, but if He's called you to do it, be found faithful. Because it matters. It matters. What you do matters. Just It doesn't matter what other people do. It doesn't matter how they respond. What matters is it's profitable unto the Lord. It is pleasing. There's nothing greater than to lay your head down at night and know that God's pleased with you. Amen? What's the greatest thing that can happen when we get to heaven and say, Look, you qualified for these seven crowns. Because no. I don't know if you realize it, if you've read any about heaven, nowhere does it ever say that believers wear crowns. It says they receive crowns. But where does it say the crowns end up? At the one who bought them. They're not ours. They're just, we are a conduit of the blessings of God. We couldn't do anything except for Him. You don't know why people are overseas giving their life for Jesus Christ? Because He's worth it. He's worth it. If He's worth dying for, shouldn't He be enough worth living for for us? It's a pleasing faith. But then it's a partnering faith. He said in verse 20, And so he that received the five came and brought other five, saying, Lord, you delivered unto me these five. Behold, I have gained five more. It's a partnering faith. Y'all remember what I said about $140,000 some odd thousand dollars we still owe to pay off the notes. And I mean, we paid it way down, right? Yeah. Wouldn't it be even better if it's at zero? Yeah. My daddy said, nobody will ever respect you in ministry if you don't pay your bills. Now, we're paying our bills. Wouldn't it be nice if they were, it was gone? Imagine the doors it would open. So what did I challenge y'all to do? Y'all remember? So let's get it done. 
not wait all year, another 18 months. Let's pay this thing off. Remember that part I talked about Monday night when me and the Lord was, and it was refreshing all that? Well, I come to this point right here. Faith for our finances. And God began to give me this and talk about a partnering faith. And this scripture right here where the master came and gave them money and said, here's five, here's two, here's one. I got all excited. I got this idea, you know. I got this illustration, but it's not an illustration. It's a biblical principle. What if we did that? What if we did that? What if we believed enough that we would take seed money and we would go out, not, not being about money, but an active faith of believing God wants us to pay this bill off, that we can move forward in ministry. What if we took some seed money and asked people to step out in faith and take the money and go invest it in faith as God leads them and then bring it back? What do y'all think about it? It's kind of scary, isn't it? Calls for faith. So I've got this great idea to do it. So okay, this is what we'll do. I, I'm getting... I'm getting uh, Ben to write me a check. And we'll get, <laughs> Whoa. So that's not what I said. He said, Acting faith starts with you, good boy. Now you challenged him. Are you a hireling? Or are you a shepherd? Are you just a pastor that's there for. 36 to 60 months, are you shepherd? God's called that I've called you to be. He said, I know where everything's at. And so I'm going to do something right now. And I pray you know the very extent of my heart. That this is not done in any kind of bravado. My wife didn't know I was going to do this. She and I walk hand in hand on stuff, except for the fact that she handles all the money, and she just tells me what we're going to do with it, and I say, yes, ma'am. But if I get a little rat hole, I put it in a little bitty bank thing, and I hide. She knows exactly where it's at, so it's really not good. But I didn't tell her I was going to do this. This is my stuff. And so God said, if you're going to challenge them, then you'd be found faithful. God said, you can't expect the church to have active faith if you don't. I've got 10 $100 bills right here. I'm going to lay them on the altar. Because they're not mine to start with. All right? Now, I, please, if you walk away from here with a spirit that he's trying to show off, you've missed the whole point. Please, I beg you. That's right. Look, God said... You're not going to take church money. You're going to take your money because you need to trust. Now, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I didn't just say, yes, sir. <laughs> Hold on a minute now. We're going to get the money back. He said, do you know that? Do you really know what you believe? And number one, it's not coming back to you, so don't worry about what they did. You just lay it out and trust me. I'm not trusting you. 
Trust in God. And so, right here. Ten one hundred dollar bill. And just a little bit. Uh, Y'all know I'm not about all this prosperity. God, I, I don't mean that. But I believe God can do something great with the principle He taught us. Gee, who? What? What color is the ink in your Bible of this scripture we read? So who said it? So don't tell me Jesus is not worried about money. Y'all go, oh, money, blah, 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 blah. Usually the people that complain about the preacher talk about money is the one who's ripping off God. The truth is we have a pitiful faith. Look at, look at the last guy. He said in verse 24, Then he which received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that you were a hard man, reaping where you had not sown and gathering where you had not strawed. And I was afraid. The other two never mentioned themselves. This guy was, oh, I was worried you was going to be mad. You see, we get so focused on us that it, it's all and we start giving excuses. If you come today and these are not here for any other purpose than for you to take. Look, don't go run a lottery. Don't go run, go run a raffle and say, but if God leads you, and I pray they're all going. I want God to lead 10 people that at the end of this service will come and take one of these because God told them to because God wants to stretch your faith. And you're going to take that $100 bill and between now and Palm Sunday, you're going to invest it in whatever God says invest in. Whether it's making cookies, you buy $100 worth of cookie material and you sell cookies. And look, if you made $101, you made a profit. I'm not trying to teach you economics. I'm trying to teach you if God's telling you to do it, do it because he told me to do it. And I wasn't going to leave here and not be found faithful. Imagine what this $1,000 can do if we trust God. Wasn't my money to start with. Wasn't mine. And I'm still, my spirit stirred within me because I'm afraid somebody's going to take this the wrong way. But I hadn't risen because this is what God said to do. That's right. And I want you to be led by the Spirit. And look, I don't want any kids up here. Now, if they feel so overwhelmed that mom and daddy, you bring them and you partner and show them what faith looks like. I don't have a problem with that. Teenagers, God's leading you to do it. You're going to do it. But understand, there's going to be a great day coming in our spiritual life. There's going to be a day of accountability for this. I don't want any of it back because God said give it. But come Palm Sunday, we're going to rejoice in what God does here. Think, if we get 10 folks, we got $2,000. Pay off. What if there's 100 folks? Imagine what God can do if we just be found faithful. And that draws me to the last point. Faith for our future. Then verse 31, when the Son of Man shall come in His glory and all the holy angels with Him. 
then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. Behold, him shall, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. If we have real faith for our future, it will be active today. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 27, 1, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for you know not what a day may bring forth. If we really have faith for the future, we'll live today like it's our last. <laughs> Amen? What if you knew this is it? They make movies about this kind of stuff. But the truth is, we don't know, do we? We need to be active today. Judgment day is coming. Church, you can't live any way you want. Just think you're going to get it caught up right there at the end. See, we like to live this whole borrow from Peter to pay Paul, but one day, we're all going to stand accountable. If we're going to have faith for the future, it's got to be active today. And it's got to be active to all. He said in verse 35, For I was a hunger, you gave me meat. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then shall the righteous answer him. Say, Lord, when did we do any of these things? And the king shall answer unto thee. Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it unto one of these, the least of them, my brethren, you have done it unto me. It must be active for all. We can't just pick and choose who we want to have active faith we got to live active when it's uncomfortable. We've got to do it when it messes up our schedule. We've got to understand those two words in 1 Corinthians 16, 20. Anathema Maranatha. He said, let them be accursed, even so Lord come. That's what those two words mean. It means let them be accursed. The Lord is coming. Which side will you be on? Are you a sheep or are you a goat? Do you believe Jesus is coming back? Do you believe that he'll save the lost? Do you believe he'll change your, your life? Or do you just believe that, well, ah, there's a God and there's a Jesus and there's victory and Jesus and we have a good church and we live in the greatest country and blah, 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 blah. Church, it's time to be active. There's people dying for Jesus. We need to live. We need to have faith with our feet, faith with our finances, and faith for the future. There's an old song that goes this way as they come right now. There's a great day coming. Great day coming. There's a great day coming. By and by. When the saints and the sinners shall be parted right and left. Are you ready 
So that day you come. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the judgment day? The writer of that hymn based it on the scripture I just read. What kind of faith do you have? If you need to come and place your faith and hope in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For by grace are you saved through faith. Not of yourselves. You can't, you can't tow the line. You can't carry the weight. You need to come in faith and trust Him as your Savior. You need to come and in faith proclaim to the world the Lord has saved you and be baptized. Be recognized with the body of Christ. There are ten people, I am convinced, ten people, God's led to come take this, this sign, this, this little insignificant sign to grow your faith and to grow our church. See, it's not just about you. It's about you setting example. Nobody's going to call you out here. You know who you are. You need to come. You need to come. Whatever God is calling you to do today. You remember what those virgins did? They went. It's time for you to stop using the excuse. I can pray at home. I can pray. It's time for you to come. Get on your face before God as an act of faith acknowledging I can't do it by myself. It's all yours. Right now, stand and come. Stand and come. Without hesitation, they didn't wait. Well, they had to miss the bridegroom. You better come. Yeah. 
God told me to bring that and stop being mine. What's mine anyway? I'm not picking that up. It's not mine. Here's the deal. I can't help but think. Where Lot prayed, Abraham prayed. He said, if there's just 50, Lord, will you spare it? Yeah, I'll spare it for 50. Couldn't find 50. What about 40? Yeah, I'll spare it. No, not 40. Kept getting down, kept getting down, kept getting down. Couldn't even find 10. The whole city. We've got almost 1,000 members. Ten people who are willing to taste of God and see is any good. Ten people who are willing to step out in faith and trust God can do mighty things. You may be the catalyst. Don't do it because somebody else did it. God's leading you after this service. During, the, during our, our closing prayer, just come and take it. do anything. You can't tell me I don't want nothing. I don't want nothing. All I want is for our church to be a bright, shining, faith-filled light. Yes. And people say, oh, there's something going on over there. Those people really believe what Jesus said. Right. When they see it, they'll want Jesus. So you pray. Your, your, your seed faith is down here. You just got to come complain it. Anything else? Uh, Mr. Dean's at the back. Is that what you point out? Don't forget, senior adult, sign up for that. Alright? Anything else for this fifth? God bless you. Have a great week. Come back tonight. I know God's got a great message for us. Brother Chad. Let's pray. Father, right now increase our faith. Lord, we, we don't have to wait till we become giants. The disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. So many had to be shown. And Lord, help us just to see it as a laboratory of life where you are growing us. Lord, may we be willing to step into the lab. May we be willing to let you grow our 